0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Today we're going to start our readings in 1 Corinthians, and I want to introduce both 1 and 2 Corinthians at the same time, if I may. So the city of Corinth was built by Julius Caesar, it was the leading city in all of Greece, which would be, the, at that time, the largest city in Europe. It was the second largest city in the entire Roman Empire, second only to Rome itself. And so, at the time of Paul's visits, this city had approximately 700,000 residents. It was a huge metropolis. It was known as a place of drunkenness and immorality. Uh, many of you are, are aware that there are certain places in the United States that are considered uh, red light districts, you know, for prostitution, drugs, all kinds of gambling, whatever vice you want to choose. Say a Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Well, the entire city of Corinth in the ancient world was known as a place of drunkenness, sex, dissipation, and um, just rampant immorality and sin. So for Paul to plant a church there, he had to overcome tremendous obstacles in terms of the behaviors of the people. And this early church dealt with certain issues, for example, immorality, that was a common practice in the entire community. So Paul had to instruct these young Christians in the ways of the Lord and uh, while dealing gently with them, he brings this letter of 1 Corinthians and then later 2 Corinthians as letters of correction. So it's a fascinating look into the ancient world. It's a fascinating look at how the uh, the gospel came to pagans in the first century with an abrupt change of lifestyle that needed to be explained to them line by line. And so the Apostle Paul loved these people uh, there's some evidence to believe that he wrote not one or two letters, but four letters to the people in this area. And this church was founded during his missionary journey that's recorded in Acts chapter 18, if you want to see the origin of it. Specifically, there was a temple located there, the Temple of Aphrodite, that was a sex cult. And it featured both male and female prostitutes, the sexual rituals were part of the religion of the worship of Aphrodite, the so-called goddess of love. And so these sexual sins were especially uh, prevalent in the early church there and in the population of Corinth. So let's begin our reading with 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in Him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift, as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ— that all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. And another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? were you baptized into the name of Paul. I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized into my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power." For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a miraculous sign, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. As in all of Paul's writings, this gospel is extremely Christ-centered. In the first nine verses, he mentions the name of Jesus nine different times, just in the first nine verses. Reading from verse 1, Paul gives his apostolic greeting in the name of Jesus. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul is definitely making the point here that he's not just speaking as a Jew, he's speaking as a representative apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And he's bringing the apostolic greeting from the position of one who serves God, the traditional God of the Jews, and the one who serves the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God and the head of the church of Jesus. He greets these people with love. He greets them with friendship. He commends them to the Lord. And then he begins to appeal to them, having to deal with errors and dissensions that are found among the group. Verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you. But that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. And so, this is uh, the crux of the opening of the letter that Paul is calling them to account for some divisions. There had been some breach in the unity of the church there, and apparently it was pointed out to Paul by some that came from a lady named Chloe's household church. And they came to Paul and told him that there were quarrels and divisions among the early church. And some of the divisions apparently had to do with those that wanted to identify with Paul and others that felt like they wanted to identify as disciples of Apollos, still others that called themselves disciples of Cephas or Peter, and still another group that said they follow Christ. And, of course, this was all one in the same group. Verse 12, What I mean is this, one of you says, I follow Paul another, I follow Apollos, another, I follow Cephas, still another, I follow Christ. And then Paul asked the question, is Christ divided, and was Paul crucified for you? Of course, friends, Christ is not divided, and uh, sadly, some in our day and time think that the only Christians on earth are with their little group, and I'm not picking on any denominational group or any parachurch group, but you've heard people say things belittling other church groups as if they're not following Christ. And the litmus test is, is Jesus the head of the church? Do they preach Jesus? Is it the Jesus of the Bible? And so Paul is making the point that these divisions, perhaps denominations or factions, can be divisive, but Christ himself is not divided. There's one church, and there's one Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul really hammers this home, and we should take note of it. Verse 17 and 18 contain some of the key passages in the entire New Testament, especially verse 18. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ should be emptied of its power. And here comes verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Friends, the message of the cross is come and exchange your life. For the life of Christ. Come and exchange your sins for His righteousness. Come and exchange your hopelessness for His eternal hope. The message of the cross is foolish to many who are perishing, but for us who are saved and part of the kingdom of God, it is indeed the power of God. There can be no crossless Christianity. There has to come that place of surrender at the cross, and the cross is the place where heaven and earth connect. It's the place of divine exchange for our existence, for Christ's limitless existence in eternity. This is where we meet. This is where we connect. This is where we surrender. So the cross is indeed the power of God. It's for us who are being saved, and it's extended for all who are perishing. Paul goes on to say, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Friends, for you today and for me today, Christ Jesus is indeed the power of God and the wisdom of God. Lord, we just pray that we we would receive the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ, that the power of God working in Jesus for the resurrection of the dead would be at work in our lives today. Lord, we ask that we would exchange our sins once again for Your righteousness, that we would come to the the cross as those who are perishing and receive eternal life and righteousness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We thank You, Lord, that Jesus willingly was crucified for our sins and our redemption. And Lord, by faith, we apprehend the power of God and the wisdom of God through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen.